The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. And then there was one. Welcome into a late night emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. Thursday, December 15th, Frank Sample joined once again, as always, by Scott White. And the Bronx Bombers are back to their spending ways. Oh, my good goodness gracious. This time signing Carlos Rodon to a six-year deal worth $162 million. Scott, one of the best rotations, I think we could say, all around baseball. Now the New York Yankees, including Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and Frankie Montas, uh, Carlos Rodon coming off a monster season with the Giants where he had a 2.88 ERA, a 103 whip, 237 strikeouts, third most in baseball. Uh, he was 30th overall in Roto, 16.6 fantasy points per game. He was fantastic, Scott. Your initial thoughts, Carlos Rodon to the Yankees. Well, it's a tougher place to pitch. Uh, obviously, coming from Oracle Park, he, where he had a 193 ERA last year, Yankee Stadium, you know, it's 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 on the opposite end of the the spectrum in terms of being hitter friendly instead of pitcher friendly. So that raises some concerns, especially since Carlos Rodon is a fly ball pitcher, you know, left handed rather than right handed. So you have to imagine he wouldn't be facing a ton of left-handers when he pitches who would take advantage of that short fortune right field. But, you know, I'm, I'm just laying out the facts here. Here's another fact, though, that I found interesting. Even though the Yankee Stadium has the reputation it has, and Oracle Park has the reputation it has, and Rodon, as I mentioned, more of a fly ball pitcher, StatCast suggests he would have allowed only six home runs last year if he pitched every game at Yankee Stadium. He actually allowed 12 home runs. So I don't understand how that works. 
But again, I'm just laying out facts. Maybe it's nothing to worry about, really. Uh, now I kind of under I, I kind of downplayed Garrett Cole going to Yankee Stadium and and his vulnerability to the long ball with that move. And you know it, it's it's turned out to be a real hindrance for him. He's become uh, one of the biggest liabilities for ERA among pitchers drafted early. So you know maybe I'm underestimating the effect here for Carlos Rodon, but you know when when you when you dig into the numbers it. It doesn't look that concerning. Like maybe he won't have a third straight year with an ERA under three, you know? Okay. But we're talking about the guy who uh, let all made, uh, let all qualifiers like this, this. It was, it was his first time ever being a qualifier himself. Right. And he let all qualifiers in K per nine with 12. He let all qualifiers in FIP. He let all qualifiers in XERA. So, uh, you know, FIP and XERA, they kind of measure different things. And they, they both had him as the best among qualifiers. So that, that shows you the upside of Rodon. And, you know, the fact he is such a big mat, bat misser with that high K per nine rate, you know, that, that kind of makes him less vulnerable to the effects of his environment. If anything, I think it's a slight boost, Scott, for Carlos Rodon's value just because higher win potential, right? Going over to the New York Yankees last year, the Giants were 11th in run scored. The Yankees were second in all of baseball in that category. You pointed out the splits. Uh, I think that's definitely fair. 1.93 ERA at home last year for Rodon. But I agree. The fact that he is a left-handed pitcher in Yankee Stadium, I don't know that it's going to be as big of a problem for him because, again, he's not really going to be facing lefties very much who can take advantage of that short porch in right field. And even though he's a fly ball pitcher, Scott, he does a really good job suppressing home runs in his career. Less than one home run per nine, and he's been under 10% home run to fly ball ratio each of the past two years. That was yep. even with you know the bouncier ball in 2021. So while he's a fly ball pitcher, he does a really, really good job suppressing home runs. So I think if anything, you know, maybe we see a few more wins out of Carlos Rodon. I'm not really worried about the the move with the ballpark there. Uh, if anything, the early the the, the the big concern for Carlos Rodon health, uh, but health, yeah, exactly. I mentioned last year was his first time ever as a qualifier, and you remember at this time uh, last off season, we didn't know what to make of Carlos Rodon, and teams didn't either. Yeah. You know, he, he got only that he spent only that one year in San Francisco because all he got was a two year deal with an opt out after the first one. You know, he ended up following up. His, uh, his big breakthrough in 2021 with an even better 2022. So he was able to exercise that opt-out and get the big payday that he was looking for all along here with the Yankees. But, it, you know, that doesn't negate the, the injury history he has. Um, 178 innings this past year was a career high. The 31 starts, a career high. And so that... You, you have to take more than him pitching at Yankee Stadium. You have to take that into account when you're, um, when you're targeting Carlos Rodon next year. But that was already ba- baked into his ranking, right? The injury risk doesn't change no matter where he's pitching. So I, was, I didn't move him at all in my rankings. He's still 13th for me. Uh, but again, that's already accounting for the injury risk because if, if we're just talking upside, Carlos Rodon... He could be the has best. more upside than probably the four guys, at least the four guys ahead of him in my rankings, which are Alec Manoa, Shane Bieber, Aaron Nola, and Zach Wheeler. 
Uh, and you could argue he has more upside than like Brandon Woodruff as well. So arguably top five upside here for Rodon, but because of that injury risk, he's out. He's just outside the top 12 for me. I think on a per star basis, uh, Scott, he's as good as they get, right? He's, he's very Shane McClanahan-esque in that way. Massive strikeout numbers. It's just, you know, can he, can he stay on the field for a full season? And last year, 178 innings, that was a career high for Carlos Rodon. I've got to say, I love the talent. I love the pitcher. I'm happy the Yankees signed him as a Yankees fan. But I am terrified of a six-year contract for Carlos Rodon, who has a history of shoulder troubles. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen some fluctuation in velocity the past couple of years, too. He's mostly been able to maintain that. But, yeah, I mean, look, a six-year deal for any pitcher, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. So hopefully he can uh, he could finish it out and have a great career here. But, uh, yeah. I think there is definitely fair concern when it comes to the injuries. You already basically answered this question, Scott. I was going to bring up the early ADP. According to NFBC, 55.3 is the cost for Carlos Rodon right now. 13th starting pitcher off the board, so basically right in line with your rankings. Uh, However, he is going right around Zach Wheeler and Shane Bieber. Sounds like you have those guys just ahead of him. Yeah, I do. It's, as I mentioned, it's more of a, more a matter of safety than than upside, uh, particularly since, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to draft a starting pitcher any earlier than this. So if this is my number one guy, I want it to be somebody who I feel more confident is going to make, <laughs> is going to get to at least 180 innings, which by the way, is something Rodon still hasn't done yeah. before uh, since he just got to 178 this past year. So that's, yeah, I, I feel comfortable. I, I can't see myself moving him up any, now that he's going to New York, you say stock may be slightly up because of the supporting cast. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I don't see much reason to move him up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really comfortable with where I have him. I did want to mention... What was it I wanted to mention? What was it you wanted to mention, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it wasn't just that... Like, if, if you want to look at optimistically here with Carlos Rodon. You know, it wasn't just that he got to that career high in innings last year. It's that he sustained it throughout. Because mm-hmm. remember how 2021 happened. He, he, was, he was gangbusters for the first four or five months. And then in September, missed some time. Velocity was down when he got back. And that's why we didn't know going into last season, oh, what, what kind of contract is this guy going to get? But the velocity gains held. And he sustained it for the full six months. In fact, five of his final eight starts last year, Carlos Rodon had double-digit strikeouts. So it was, rightfully, his stock has never been higher in fantasy or in real life, I guess, than it is right now. But there is still that injury history. Yeah, and if I do wind up taking Carlos Rodon as my SP1 in fantasy, which I don't think is a terrible decision. I think it's fine if you wait until the fourth or fifth round and you just gobble him up. I probably look to pair him with like a Max Fried or an Alec Manoa or a Framber Valdez, just someone who I know is a little bit safer for the inning. So that's what I would look to do if I do grab Carl Sordon as my SP1. One other thing here, Scott, that I wanted to talk about, it's uh, not Carl Sordon related. It is actually New York Mets related. They signed Omar Nervaez, which isn't a huge deal for fantasy, to a one-year contract. But more so, what does it mean for Francisco Alvarez, who... We do have some excitement for he's one of the top prospects in all of baseball and obviously being a catcher that offers upside for fantasy purposes. But 
They now have four catchers on their 40-man roster. Omar Narvaez, James McCann, Tomas Nito, and Francisco Alvarez. So there's still a whole offseason. I understand they can make a move. They could trade someone. They could dump someone. They'll figure it out. But as yeah. of now, I'm a little worried when it comes to Francisco Alvarez. I think when the Mets want to give a spot to Francisco Alvarez, they will. Omar Narvaez, uh, James McCann, like that's not going to stop them. Now, maybe this is a signal that they're not quite ready to rely on him as one of their two catchers to open the year. Uh, you know, him and McCann is kind of what we were thinking with Alvarez splitting his time between catcher and DH. He could still make the opening day roster as primarily a DH, Alvarez. Like Daniel Vogelbach, that's that's not going to be somebody who blocks him if, if the Mets really want him in the lineup. But the Mets may still be motivated to uh, develop him, continue developing him as a catcher at AAA and not, you know, not wanting to condemn him to life as primarily a DH in the majors by promoting him so soon. Obviously, we saw him at the end of last year, but uh, but there there is there is still time here at the start of 2023 to develop him if that's if that's more the route they want to go, and maybe this signing is a signal that that is the route they want to go. We'll just have to see how the rest of the offseason plays out. We'll have to see how spring training goes because they'll they'll probably offer some pretty strong clues as to what they're intending to do with Alvarez once spring gets here, and. Uh, you know, you probably shouldn't be drafting too much before then. Yeah. Even though you like to, Frank. I know. It's a problem for me. Any sane person should not be drafting now or even in January or probably even February for that matter. So, Well, let's say, though, it becomes obvious he's not going to make the opening day roster. In two-catcher leagues, you're still drafting Francisco Alvarez. Sure. Because it won't be long. As a bench piece, Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's going to change my ranking too much of him either. Like I have him ranked. I don't I think I was I, looking at your 16th? catcher ranks. I think you had him like 16th or 17th. Something yeah. like that. But that would like, technically be a starting catcher in a two catcher league where. Well, yeah, you're not. Yeah. You would, you would have to draft him like that in a two catcher league is what I'm saying. Because like, look at how we were drafting Adley Rushman last year. Same sort of situation. Right. I'm saying that's already a pretty conservative ranking given. Alvarez is upside at that position. So it's it's more likely I'd move him up because the Mets are giving strong indications that he will be on the roster rather than moving down because they're giving indications that he won't be on the roster. And does he have catcher eligibility on CBS to start next season? Yeah, he does. Okay, because I will point out for any early drafters right now over at the NFBC, he's utility only because he actually made more starts as a DH at the end of the season than he did as a catcher. So just keep that in mind. He's going to need to catch 10 games to earn catcher eligibility in NFBC leagues uh, next season. That is Francisco Alvarez. Again, Omar Nervaez, one-year deal with the Mets. But the big story here Thursday night, Carlos Rodon to the Yankees on a six-year, $162 million deal. And in case you're wondering, I started the podcast with the, and then there was one, referring to Dansby Swanson. He's really the last big free agent left, Scott. Christmas isn't here yet. Basically, everyone signed. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas to us all. Yeah. Baseball fans, fantasy baseball fans. We'll see where Swanson winds up. Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, all kind of rumored to be in as of now. Uh, but once that happens, we'll we'll get another podcast out there for you. For Scotty, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching this emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again next week. Bye bye. <laughs>
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.